Hello, and welcome to the XR Stories podcast, where extended reality and storytelling meet. In this series, you'll meet creative producer John Rose Adams. John will be talking to the creators and innovators behind immersive storytelling projects supported by XR Stories. You're going to hear about all sorts of interactive storytelling genres, from theatre to gaming to virtual reality escape rooms, and so much more. In this episode, John is joined by Ben, one half of Megaverse, to discuss some of their exciting XR projects, like a tool that lets you draw and sketch in thin air, or portraits that come to life to tell you a story. So, paint a picture in your mind and get ready to share it with the world, as Megaverse are working hard to make the imaginary real. Well, hello, Ben. Welcome to the XR Stories podcast. Hi, John. This is nice. (laughs) I'm really excited to welcome you here today. Um, Now, we're going to talk specifically about your project Block, but also we're going to talk about hopefully all things Megaverse and probably wider than that, the immersive scene in Sheffield regionally in the UK. But first, let's get you acquainted with our listeners. So tell us a bit about Megaverse and I guess how and why Megaverse came to be. In existence. Megaverse is an interactive, immersive content studio. We kind of make work that combines uh, lots of interactive and immersive technologies with storytelling to create these sort of platform native kind of experiences where there's a real emphasis on user agency and interactivity and that kind of thing. And that is really broad and diverse, the kind of work that we make. I have my background and roots sort of in theatre and I think this is like a sort of general thing with with XR. It seems to take people from lots of different disciplines um, because it's like this new form that's emerging and it's it's sort of borrowing and then you know from from lots of different places but um, yeah so we've worked on projects with in healthcare with distraction therapy making uh, augmented reality apps um, for Uh, patients with burns victims to having virtual reality integrated into a live theater show in london to it's 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 basically anything that's kind of experimenting a bit with with form and content to create these unique story experiences that's sort of sort of what we enjoy doing i'm going to attempt through our conversation here to try and kind of work out some of the wide rangingness of that because there are some really kind of really different interests that you've got um are there any anyone else in megaverse you want to name check yeah sure so i i'm kind of one half of megaverse and the other director is uh, john ingle i mean we we met each other at university and yeah i did theater he did a graphic design course which was very open-ended but we kind of we were both interested in technology and storytelling and it was around the time that sort of the development kit one oculus headset was coming out so we were both wanting to play around with that him more from a film perspective and me more from a theater and we we went to go and see kind of like punch drunk immersive theater stuff that was going on in london at the time and it just felt like oh there's a real shift with like instead of passively watching something the audience becoming active participants and there was something quite exciting there and that sort of led on this whole journey into the world of xr so okay so let's go into 
a specific project before we sort of dial back and look at some some broader stuff around Megaverse. So, so your project block, which XR Stories was involved in helping to fund, tell us a little about what the idea was and what kind of problem you were trying to solve, I guess, through the R&D. I guess the idea for Block sort of came out of a need for a particular show that we've been developing. We we found we were making this production called Floods, which is still in development. It's going super well. And it was this need where we had the the uh, the actors and the director in a rehearsal room that that had these sort of creative ideas, but there being a bit of a disconnect between wanting to maybe visualize some of this stuff and that and and then our 3D modeler not being able to almost keep up with the pace of these ideas that a theater process is quite used to you have one idea but then you want to chuck another one in and so we wanted to kind of create a tool that sort of bridged this gap that was a disconnect between the two um work processes that run at different speeds so block is an XR scenographic tool which allows creators of live performance to co-design spaces and scenes with the help of AR or augmented reality. How did you decide what you wanted it to do? And did that involve like user testing? How did you bring kind of people into the process to work out like what it should do? I mean, first of all, it just started off with us really creating a bit of a design document with the types of tools that we want to include in this that would be interesting to explore. For instance, one of the tools was a kind of freehand sketch tool where you could basically draw draw in 3D space. So you hold your phone and you're kind of moving it all around and then you can kind of step back from that and see like a sculptural 3D creation that you've made. And then there's another tool where it's a dot to dot where you would just um, draw something out on the floor with, with your phone and then you, you could extrude that up. So you've then got a, a block and we wanted to just play with almost, you know, what the kind of things that you get in Photoshop or those types of things and see what worked in augmented reality. The, the biggest challenge we came up against was you're, you're looking at a 2D screen. You're trying to create something in 3D, but you're looking at a 2D screen. And like, there's a bit of a weird disconnect there. Um, and, and so we had to design a crosshead that was in 3D space. So when you were looking at the phone, you could kind of get a bearing of where you're drawing in 3D space. Does that make sense? It's quite hard to explain. No, that does make a lot of sense to me. You know, the ability, because you're talking about placing something into a virtualized 3D space, but you're seeing, you're seeing the, you know, through the camera, you're seeing the actual, whatever it is, the, st- the bare stage or whatever it is in front of you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so really, we just kind of, threw a lot of things at it so we were like right let's try this freehand tool let's try this dot to dot let's let's try all these different things and then workshop it get some different artists um so we had we had a dance practitioner we had um set designers from the theater world we had fine art kind of curators in that were interested in it from a public accessibility art sort of um thing about you know doing sculptures and stuff in public spaces and getting people to you know um have a go at at that so we, we had a real diverse pool of people that all used the tool very differently so in some ways it kind of was like we can go in lots of different directions with this now but there was there was some there were some features that stuck i think slightly more than others so what we did with that we did like two days with different people of of intensive sort of workshops and set them at exercises like 
kind of some simple ones like let's let's just draw a, a tree and to see what everyone's creative response to that was up to then actually trying to build a piece of set and i think from that we now know exactly what it needs to be like and, and where, where we need to kind of like go with it next but it wasn't until you got all of those people in the room using it that like yeah we, we wouldn't have been able to get to this point now i don't think i i, I think i recall um when that you had some choreographers that were part of the the workshops and yeah. um with the um the sort of the free draw um thing that they were their inclination was to make it part of their body and then move through space and then see the the movement through space so there's so that i love as a different ways people kind of respond to what this tool is and what it can do for their kind of creative practice i sort of love that um that difference um but i'm really intrigued what so set designers who must have tried and tested kind of methods for working with a brief kind of coming up with visual concepts practically building out sort of sets and stuff in traditional theater this is um, how did they respond to kind of having a different kind of way of of doing the early bits of of their work yeah it was it was interesting like they got it quite quickly actually but i think you know what it was less about the detail but more about being able to just very quickly get a sense of scale and perspective in the room with the actors and be yeah be responsive i think that's what was kind of exciting to them yeah and and c collaboration wise and this is i suppose where we sort of geek out on functionality here so um could could it be used collaboratively so could you and me two devices one one in each of our hands be able to kind of create the same kind of set at the same time using the tool um so is it that kind of collaborative tool yeah absolutely yeah so the kind of idea with it was yeah everyone can kind of get out their phone and all be in this same shared instance um so you can all be uh creating these sculptural forms in 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 real time in the yeah and and, and looking at each other's work and like the, you know to follow on from that also being able to have you know, maybe another camera that then projects everything onto a big screen. So then everyone's got a very big, clear view of of what's being made. Yeah, so we, we kind of managed to build that uh, multiplayer functionality in pretty late on into it, but we, we, we did manage to sort of do that. But that's that's an important thing, actually. Being able to see what other people are creating and responding to that, you know, is uh, was quite exciting. Yeah. This form of sort of real-time collaboration using these kinds of tools, um, I see popping up all over the place right now. So there's this been this sort of explosion in sort of real-time collaborative design tools, particularly in VR recently, but also, you know, sort of um, where there's big civic engineering projects and being able to sort of bring stakeholders into a space and saying, this is what it will look like. What do you think about this? And people get things like sense of scale and, and proportion and and um, you can sell a visual concept like at, in the moment to the people that care about that kind of stuff. So that the potential for this is is huge in all kinds of kind of creative endeavors um, uh, where you need to bring people together around an idea. And I think, I think that's great. I just love how um, Block is, yeah, it's just so immediately accessible. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because everyone had very, their own sort of unique, like uh, sort of drawing style with it as well like it, you know it there was a lot of personality that came through with it with it which was really fun to watch when you've just sort of you know you've created this tool like i think one of the big things for us is 
you need to keep it stupid simple like in terms of the the augmented reality part because it's like when you start to like we we, we built in so much functional functionality to start with where you could sort of um long press something and then it would like make the line go in a certain direction and all of these different things and i think it was kind of almost stripping it right back and i think taking it forwards it's about giving people slightly less choice but i think it it kind of almost i think that like giving them slightly slightly less choice makes them probably be slightly more creative with it but it's really exciting well let's let's i guess finish the bit of the conversation about block by sort of saying where where are you headed like what's what's the next step and where what's your plans for it at the moment i think the next step is we want to basically get this ready for the app store for ios and we've got quite a clear idea of exactly what we need to do to get it to the next point um we're just we're just getting um getting our kind of developers time all sorted out and stuff but i think we want to we want to put this on the app store now we've done this kind of testing in the workshop context let's just see what the appetite for it further afield and and then and then from there i think we can sort of think about what's next but i think we we just want to get get a decent version of it yeah i can't wait i can't wait to see that all right i want to talk about more megaverse stuff i want i want to hear about more cool projects um so what else have you got on the boil right now so i'm hoping we can talk a little bit about flood and you've already mentioned it which means i can sort of lean into that but i don't want to just talk about flood um so yeah can you give us a a kind of a greatest hits of what megaverse is working on outside of block yeah i just try to try and keep track of everything there's so many projects on the go at the moment okay so we're doing one project with the national portrait gallery which is called living paintings it's all about engaging young people with pre-20th century artwork and making it kind of more accessible. And it's it's so it's in collaboration with the Colnaghi Foundation. And essentially, we're bringing some of these portraits to life, sort of Harry Potter style, um, through motion capture. And there's one that we're doing as a sort of uh, MVP uh, for the National Portrait Gallery, and we've nearly finished that one now. And it's this... Um, guy called James Belcher who's this bare knuckle boxer fighter from uh, Bristol it's it's really about giving giving the subjects of these sort of marginalized figures through these paintings a voice because usually quite often you know with with uh, art history it's all about the artists you know that, that painted the work it's not usually about the subjects in the work so the idea is that we, we've worked with this uh, great writer Adam who has made this short script that's based we know certain facts about this um, boxer's fight. And actually, this painting was done just before he was blinded in one eye. That James Belcher, such a fine young man. That's what they used to say about me. But it's between bloodied fists that it all began. A butcher's son from Bristol. In 1800, I took on London City. I became the greatest bare-knuckle fighter our country has ever seen. Jones, Bartholomew Gamble, they danced the fine dance, but on the day I was Napoleon in the ring. Part of the brief is we don't want this to look like game rendered stuff 
we don't want it to like look like we've taken the painting and we've made it into some sort of computer game like it's got to look every brush stroke has got to look like it's like from the original painting and i i think you know there's been a bit of a perforation of this type of stuff with um face what's it called that ai kind of thing where it takes old photos and it kind of animates them but really what we're trying to do with this is focus on the story and real high fidelity uh bringing the painting back to life so yeah we're doing that with them which is really exciting mega exciting i got a question about that before we go on so how on on the on the youth of of today you're trying to engage with the the pre pre 20th century painting how do i experience is it is it like a an ai ar activation where i can hold up a mobile device and it it brings the painting to life through my mobile device very good question yeah so actually like it's it's going to go through multiple stages the first stage is just um it's going to be more of a social media short sort of like one minute 30 thing that'll be on instagram and facebook and stuff but we will have built it in it's you know that that painting will be kind of 3d yeah um so you know there's then many ways that we could display that one way like you're saying is through augmented reality where you could then place that painting on your wall at home and then see the painting sort of come to life yeah um another what we're really interested like megaverse it's all about the physical meets the digital we're quite excited about the idea of prototyping something at national portrait gallery where you see that painting there and it looks like a a normal painting but then it it comes alive but we could we could use live motion capture to drive the painting as well so you could have an actor behind the scenes responding in real time to people talking and we could you know create a bible of improvisations for the actor to work from um that's sort of where we want to go with it that's super exciting um there's a there's a passage in a book i'm reading a susanna clark book jonathan strange and mr norrell where um mr norrell makes all of the statues in york minster brings them all to life and they all start talking to each other and 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 explaining like the things they've seen over the you know hundreds of years they've been placed on their plinth and i just love the idea of a portrait gallery coming to life and each painting kind of having this sort of personality that it can it can share i love the idea that especially if you did this even as an augmented reality thing where eventually you build up you've got a repertoire of different paintings and you know you put two on the wall next to each other and depending on which two then there's a certain interaction that happens specifically between those two paintings you know all of that kind of stuff and i mean you know there's other things obviously uh vr at home is still people have got the quest and everything now but there's there's things like the museum of other realities which is this um virtual reality exhibition space where because of covid it's you know obviously been sort of booming recently it's had a lot of festivals um that have kind of migrated onto it that would have been physical events usually but you know i'm thinking this particular project would be great to be showcased in something like that because then you've also got that 3d depth perception of the paintings um, in in vr that's amazing and and if you're a a, a national portrait gallery or you know a, a, a have a nationally important connection or a globally important collection of of art that's another place where you can find an audience you know engage them in a new way and all that kind of stuff so yeah really really amazing well, I can't wait to see that, Ben. Let's talk about Flood now as well, because that's 
potentially even more exciting by my standards. Okay, sure. Flood's a uh, location-based immersive XR um, theater experience um, that's about uh, global warming and climate change. Essentially, it's it's going to be for eight audience members at a time with two live actors. It's it's kind of immersive theater meets uh, cinematic quality worlds with um, escape room elements where there's puzzles to solve. You are placed in this post-apocalyptic world where um, there's this this massive flood and you're on this quest to sort of um, find dry land um, and the actors are there as these sort of facilitators and it's all narratively driven but um, there's certain bits like for instance this scene that we've been working on recently where you're on a boat but the boat stops working so the audience sort of have to work together to try and get the boat moving again there's not really any rules for how to do this because the audience have a voice in our production they're not completely silent they're not just watching the actors do their thing it comes back to you in pieces like orphan bricks of a once proud house Waded, cement legs, cold bones, no impetus left to shiver. So Flood started its life as a National Youth Theatre production and it was performed in Hong Kong and it was a traditional stage play. And now we're adapting it to be this platform native XR experience and we've got uh, Vanessa Kasul. Um, and Robert Morgan, who are sort of co-adapting it. Uh, and Vanessa is this amazing um, poet and performer, and she's won like 10 poetry slams. She's just like, she's incredible. Um, and for her, it's a really interesting process because with poetry, you conjure up these images with, with, with words, um, but so much of that in VR is given to you. You know, so for her, it's actually about stripping it back, kind of almost using less words because there's there's so much else going on in the scene. So it's a real creative challenge for her to kind of get that balance right about how much how much she says through the poetry. Um, and then Robert Morgan, who is he's more like a sort of dramaturg on the piece, um, where he's sort of getting the nuts and bolts and the structure and how we're going to move the audience around the play space and how it's going to flow essentially and how these moments of interactivity are going to work. So they're working together on it. I'm going off on one here a bit, but like what we've kind of learned with all of these projects um, and we've worked with different theater companies in the past is obviously it's, I know it sounds really obvious, but it's a very different skill writing for XR than it is writing for a linear experience. And I think it's something that's some quite often overlooked and like, that's why this partnership between Rob, who specializes in doing that kind of stuff, and Vanessa is like crucial to make this work. That was brilliant stuff about Flood, Ben. Thank you. And, and we've heard that several times, even just recording podcast episodes about the point of the, a story writer is not a known quantity for XR sort of mediated stories um, where agency is much more central and um, 
viewer gaze is much more potentially free free ranging and all of the kind of the tropes things like editing you know the things that you would normally rely on to con not control the experience well no yeah to control the experience the to guide a viewer along a story journey they're kind of not there so it's not just linearity that's out the window but it's also all of the other focal focusing devices you get with storytelling um for screen particularly and they're kind of yeah they're up for grabs now and it's um every production sort of a fresh set of challenges like how do we do it for this particular um thing and everyone's so experimental that's what i love about it so the fact that you can you can kind of go well this is a it, it, you know i can't i won't be able to paraphrase just how you said it it's not a it's not a vr piece not really because it's it's got live action and it's theater and it's 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 got gaming elements and there's audience participation in real time in the virtual world and all these are elements that it's that's that makes it unique and therefore you've got a whole set of things to sort of resolve on the way and that's that's beautiful um you love a good challenge don't you ben <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think you know what it's really for me flood is like the realization it's like being a vision of when i was younger going to watch the punch drunk show and kind of thinking imagine this especially when the dk1 came out imagine this but in an expansive world that kind of goes beyond the limitations of these you know four walls people are craving experiences they want to go and have a good night out and like to be honest in a very simple way that's what i want to give people with floods i, I want it to be a like not just a bolt on thing that you do for an evening it's like i'm going you know people go to the cinema or whatever like i want people to really come to flood go to the bar afterwards and like it be this full night out experience oh definitely uh, definitely and i think i think covid has sort of shown us that we can seek out and find these different forms of experience so once we've watched everything on netflix and we've finally turned it off we can actually go and find other forms of really engaging experience um uh which which really do kind of like bring us further into it so things like you know, the success of swamp motel for example um and, and their ability to bring out stories which are you know which would scare most people because it's like well actually you're going to be doing quite a lot of the work here you know and and you you might be with people you've never met before or you'll be with your friends and it'll be all online by the way and and all these things we, we would have gone oh no that doesn't sound very good no no i'd rather go to the cinema um, but now we, we're up for it and i think that experience led you know appetite is like is going to be huge so um yeah i can't wait to see it So what's your sort of timeline? So you're still in development with Flood, but where do you go now? Okay, so currently where we are with Flood is we, we've made a non-interactive teaser kind of, uh, it's almost like a, yeah, a VR trailer of the experience that's going to be going in the immersive arcade, um, which is uh, led by Digital Catapult. It's going to be going on the Mu Museum of Other Realities platform, which I think goes live end of this week or maybe beginning of next so if people want to check out a little bit about what we've been up to um you can kind of it's part of the third volume of of the immersive arcade um and then in the over the next couple of months and you know with the help of the open xr fund we're going to be working on a live interactive demonstrator 
where it's sort of the same scene that we've been working on, but now uh, we've got to add in all of that interactivity um, and the puzzle solving. Um, and we're also in the, in the, that development time, we'll be getting like a kind of full production ready script. Um, but you know, we're, we're sort of figuring out our tracking solutions um, and all of the kind of technical nuts and bolts um, for this for this next stage. But that interactive demonstrator will be for two audience members in VR headsets and two actors in motion capture. And then following on from that, we'll be going into full production and aiming to tour floods around the UK and beyond sort of um, Q1 slash Q2 uh, 2022. Brilliant. Well, that that's everything, Ben. Thank you so much. Um, we I think we did the nice balance of kind of geeking out on a bit of tech stuff um, without without overdoing that. But but the your passion for for story at the heart of everything you do um, really came across, and it's lovely to hear about all of those projects. Oh, well, thanks very much for having me. Thank you for listening to the XR Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review to help more people find us. You can find more information on our projects by heading to our website, xrstories.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at xr underscore stories. XR Stories supports research and development in cutting-edge digital technologies in the Yorkshire and Humber region. We have a programme of funding, research collaboration and connection to champion a new future in storytelling. XR Stories is supported and funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council, the European Regional Development Fund, the University of York, the British Film Institute and Screen Yorkshire.